This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Hey, welcome into Checkpoint XP for 2020. My name's Nate Bender. So glad to have you locked in with us. Coming up today, we're going to be checking in with Norris out on the floor of CES. So filling in for Norris, we've got Joe with us today. Plus, Uh we've got to talk about MAGFest and the big changes that were just announced for the Call of Duty League. And there's a Big Max exodus that's going on in the OWL caster world. We're going to tell you all about it coming up today. On Checkpoint XP. But we start today with the biggest games of 2020. We ended our 2019 talking about the biggest games of 2019, so we thought we would do a little future casting and figure out what the biggest games of 2020 are going to be, at least according to us. So we all uh, made a little list here. And Robbie, I'm going to start with you. What are the games that you're looking out for in 2020? My top three are, I think, three of the biggest ones, ones you're going to be hearing about all year long, and even after they release, you're still going to be hearing about them. The first, of course, is going to be Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, You know, after the Witcher series has been left behind, CD Projekt Red is looking to really shake things up. This is going to be like the sky... I'm going to say it right now. This is going to be the Skyrim of the 2010s. I really hope you're right. I hope you're right because the the kind of cyberpunk genre is one that hasn't really found a footing in video game. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see a little bit more of the genre work in. But you know what? It's only kind of been touched with like Deus Ex and System Shock. And Uh, there's some good Shadowrun games. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that it's not a genre that I think technologically has been, you know, satisfying to pull off. So I'm really excited to see what Cyberpunk does. Uh, Also, second for me is The Last of Us 2, which which did get a little bit of a delay, but it's still going to be out this year. Good Uh, choice. Yeah, really looking forward to what that narrative is going to deliver on this time around. And uh, coming up here in just a few short months, actually, it releases the day before my birthday, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, this is a bit of uh, an interesting 180 for you, because when it was first released, you were like, don't touch... It's happening. Don't touch my favorite game. But since then, you've been able to demo it out at E3 and have kind of done a 180. Well, if if it still ends up being terrible, like Final Fantasy XV was, I'm still vindicated. (laughs) But it, it looks and feels like an entirely new game at but this point. You know what this is? This is learned helplessness. It, he's accepted <laughs> that it's happening no matter what. He's like, it might as well. Uh, well. Here's here's the thing, though, is that uh, I I just I need to know as a fan, are you picking this because you think it's going to do well for 2020, or are you picking it because you are you think you're going to end up liking it? Uh, I think it's going to do well for 2020. Fair enough, Joe. What about you? What's on your list? Well, I'm not going to disagree with Cyberpunk 2077, and I just got to say. If we get the modern age version of System Shock 2, win. Yeah. That, that's a great call. I mean, it is coming out the same year that we're getting a System Shock remake game. Mm, so Interesting. It's going to be interesting to be able to compare the two. Uh, I've also got Resident Evil 3 remake on here because Not bad. I really enjoyed Resident Evil 7 and I loved Resident Evil 2 remake. So Should they can good. make Nemesis Some, good. Yeah, Nemesis is going to be fun. And my last one is Watch Dogs Legion. And oh, I, you want to you wanna control old ladies and make them do bad things. Yeah. I'm really hesitant because Ubisoft has been known to hurt me in the past, so we'll we'll see. Fair Here, enough. Here's my issue with it. I can't go back and play Watch Dogs 1 and 2. I, just, I have no desire, so I well, can't play Legion. That's because 1 and 2 were bad. Yeah. Well, and I, so I can't play Legion as a result. Same reason I'm not playing The Witcher.
answer. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's take a look at mine. Uh, I actually have no overlap with you guys. So the first one that I'm really excited for is Elden Ring. This is uh, yeah. from Software and uh, George R. R. Mike oh, Martin. Right. Yes. Uh, they've been collaborating on this since 2016. And it is uh, currently, like, there's some speculation about when the release date is, but it looks like it's going to be squarely 2020. Super excited for that. Psychonauts 2. Uh, Weird Beard, I know that you're excited for this as well. Jazz. Uh, Double Fine Studios, one of the best games that they put out, one of the best games that came out in 2009, period. Timmy Schaefer's back. That's right. Tim Schaefer is back. Uh, Psychonauts 2, uh, I cannot wait to be able to check this out. And then uh, my last one, again, kind of a bit of a throwback. Yeah, I don't think you're getting this this year, man. I don't know if I'm getting it this year. This is a big gamble for me, but beyond Good and Evil 2, we've heard about it now for two years in the works, and from what we've seen, this is super exciting. Beyond Good and Evil was a really unique game that I'd love to see, you know, kind of continued in 2020. All right, Weird Beard, what about you? Uh, I have more of a casual gamer list, I guess. Of course you did. Yeah. Animal Crossing New Leaf is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a flagship Nintendo product. Ugh. Well, so, it's going I, to ruin I mean, a lot of people's social lives. I grant you that. <laughs> yes, if you've been playing Stardew Valley, it's your new addiction that's going to be coming. Uh, Ori and the Will of, Will of the Wisps. Yes. Okay, I'll give you this. This looks very beautiful. It's gonna. It's one of those, like, it's an artsy-fartsy kind of game, but it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And then one of the best games of, I think, 2016, Doom is getting its sequel in Doom Eternal because I just want to rip, uh, you know, demons' faces apart. Fair enough. Uh, I think that's a really interesting list. Not a whole lot of overlap, just the Cyberpunk 2077. But you know what? I think we've got a really fun game to play with uh, after we check out the Close Shave of the Week. Stay close to the heat. Close Shave. Turn out. On Checkpoint XP. Not every play has to have huge sums of money on the line. Sometimes it just has to be a good play that gets caught on stream. And that's where we found Summit this week, who happens to be one of the largest first-person shooter streamers. While playing a recent match of Rainbow Six Siege, he came in clutch with a slick three-kill round that put his team over the edge to win the game. Two down over here. I'm insane with that last one. Never hurts to have a reaction like that after a tight round. Check out the disbelief on Summit's face by watching this clip and all of our other close shaves by heading on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Don't go Go. AFK on us. Follow follow us online at CheckpointXP.com. All right, going back to talking about uh, the top games of 2020, I thought that there might be a fun little game that we can play. With each of our lists, we've each gotten three picks out of it. So, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> in the same style as the game F. Mary Kill, <laughs> we're going to play Play Demo Delete. No. <laughs> Absolutely. So, All right. starting off with our first list from Robbie. I gotta know, Cyberpunk 2077, Last of Us 2, FF7 Remake, what are you playing, what are you demoing, and what are you deleting? You'd think this would be a little bit harder, but I'm gonna play Cyberpunk 2077 because that's gonna last 10 years worth of content right there. I'm only demoing The Last of Us 2 because the reason to play that is for the story, and after maybe 5 hours of a demo, I can go watch the rest on YouTube. And then I'm gonna delete the FF7 Remake so that all the fanboys, fake fanboys out there, (laughs) that think they're real fans, can just cry all the way home to mommy. 
Oh, but Barrett and Tifa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So do we let's all have get, to do his list? Yeah. Or? Let's let's uh, let's sound off on that, Joe. Do, do you agree with that? Because I largely agree with that. I've, I've got a flip. Uh, I agree. Play Cyberpunk 2077 because, like you said, that's ten years worth of content right there. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to demo FF7 remake oh, and pass on Last of Us. Ellie too. and her girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Wow. I, mean, I liked The Last of Us. I didn't love The Last of Us. Oh, so. Okay. All right. Just saying. Not terribly open minded of you, Joe. Whatever. Uh, wow. All right, let's go. Let's go with your list, Joe, uh, which contains, uh, of course, Cyberpunk 2077, Resident Evil 3, and Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. Again, uh, gotta play Cyberpunk 2077. I'm not missing that for the world. Uh, the other two are really hard. I, I'd say I'll I'll demo Resident Evil. Th- no. Oh, I'll no, demo Watch no, Dogs Legion. Right. You oh. hit it right. I'll demo Watch Dogs Legion because oh. I can always just go back and replay the original Resident Evil 3 if I need to. All right, that's fair, so too. So I'll delete that I, one. See, I was going to say, we've all missed out on Le- or, or Watch Dogs 1 and 2, so what's the third one? Yep. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I would I, I would definitely agree with you. Uh, play Cyberpunk 2077, hands down. It's going to have the most content of anything oh, yeah. on here. Uh, Resident Evil 3, I think, would go into my demo slot, and I'm not even interested in and watch Dogs Legion. So, and who can um, blame you, really? That, that's, a, that's a fairly safe delete. Uh, all right. For me, all right. I think, you know what? I think I would play Elden Ring because okay. I've, got, I've got Elden Ring, Psychonauts 2, and Beyond Good and Evil 2. I think I would play Elden Ring. I would demo Psychonauts 2 and delete Beyond <laughs> Good and Evil 2. See, I'd be the complete opposite of that. You got to play, really? play Beyond Good and Evil 2 because the way they're talking about that, that's going to be another game that people will be playing for decades to come. I'd probably demo Elden Ring because that, that seems like it's going to be really great. You said George well, R.R. Martin is, is involved in the creation of that one as Dark well. Dark Souls and overly hard games are not really your jam exactly. anyway. I get and, it. And I'd delete Psychonauts too. That's <laughs> oh, shameful. That is shameful. You've at least got a demo Psychonauts nah, too. It's gone in the Here, bin. Here's the problem. You can't just demo Elden Ring because, I mean, it's a George R.R. Martin yes, thing. He's not going to be done introducing characters in five it hours of a demo. If it's Dark Souls, you're breaking your controller after two hours anyway. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's a pretty good 50-50 chance of that going either way. All right, and uh, let's just take a look at Rick's. Of course, he's got Animal Crossing, New Leaf, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Doom Eternal. I delete all three. Oh, Thank you. Bummer. Yes, I, I will back that up. Delete them all. Can I, can I just say how weird it is to have any list that has both Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal on it? It's a very... That's, that those does not happen often. wildly different games. Like, I, I, your household must be so weird. Yeah, just learn to make up your mind, Rick. Come on, man. I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, listen. I think we're going to have to draft these games next week because like, clearly we're not going to come to a consensus on this stuff. No. So next week we're going to have a draft, our 2020 draft for uh, some of our uh, favorite games. Listen, we want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make Make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Let us know what your big games for 2020 are going to be. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP. Uh, listen, I know you may have noticed that Norris isn't here today. It's all right. He's out on the floor of CES, and we're going to check in with him. Plus, MAGFest happened over the weekend, and we have to talk about some of these excellent performances. Those conversations coming up here on Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint XP News Desk. You're never going to guess which esports star was offered a blank check? I'm never going to guess. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. 
This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest eSports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1350 AM in Riverside, San Bernardino, as well as CBS Sports Radio 1450 in Reno, Nevada. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, Norris is out at CES, and we're going to see what he's been able to get hands on with. Plus, we've also got to talk about MAGFest that went down over the weekend, and there's some big changes in store for Call of Duty League and the OWL caster talent. Those conversations still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But first... With only a few weeks left until Professional League of Legends returns, the teams in North America are settling in to begin practicing and scrimmaging. Most of them, anyhow. Team Liquid is considered the favorite to win this season, but they're still waiting on some of their talent. Their coach, Kane, and their new jungler, Broxa, are both being held up with visa issues and are unable to enter the country. The team remains hopeful they'll be cleared in time, but are exploring other options. So how devastating is this to Team Liquid's uh, uh, season, potentially? I mean... It's going to make for a rough start to the season if they don't get to play. I mean, obviously, your coach not being there is always a problem, and their newest player is Broxa, who they, you'd think would take some extra time to get acclimated to playing with the team. Right. Those are people you kind of want to have there at the beginning of the year. So, so how are they dealing with it in the interim? I it, think I read something about a, a streamer so, filling in? Yeah, one of their stream talents, uh, uh, Blade, is uh, looking to probably fill in in the interim, which presents its own problems he's not a jungler first of all he's a top laner so <laughs> that's a little bit concerning uh my, my guess is that it's gonna make for a rough spring if they're not able to get here but the good news is that uh that might not mean what it used to mean you'll find out about that later on in just about 10 minutes here all right uh, you know i just i really hope i genuinely hope that this doesn't end up becoming a recurring issue for esports. Oh, yeah. You know, we've talked to uh, lawyer Jeannie Doy in the past about this very issue. And if she's to be believed, it does seem like this is going to be much more complicated moving forward into 2020. We actually had uh, players at one of the major tournaments in December in, in Counter-Strike Go actually have to leave the tournament in order to uh, secure a new visa going overseas. Wow. So it's, it's not just a one sport type of thing. Yeah. It seems to be prevalent everywhere. SK Telecom T1 star mid laner Faker is considered to be the best to ever play League of Legends. The three-time world champion was reportedly made an offer to leave Korea this offseason. A team in North America's LCS uh, region offered him a blank check to move to Los Angeles and play for them, according to Faker. I would love to know what team this was. I, I, so I want to know which team it was. Who had the cojones to be able to, to be like, listen, man, blank check, you call it. Complete. You, you want to talk about cojones? Didn't Faker turn it down? That's a, that's the thing. Like, can you first of all imagine your head holding a check from a team, and they say, "You go ahead and fill out the number. Yeah, we'll just pay it." And you say, and "You say, nah, I'm good." 
Man. I can't even fathom it. Man. That's some energy right there. I don't know that I can say what kind of energy it is on the radio, <laughs> but man, is that, that that is so impressive. And and to, to do it, I think he said something to the effect of like he wanted to stay with his team. He wants to stay in Korea. I yeah. mean, he's, he's, a, he's a Korean icon effectively at this point yeah he wants to keep playing for sk and keep winning they've only won three world championships yeah right you wouldn't be satisfied with that exactly pokemon ultra sun and ultra moon are officially retired from the competitive scene of pokemon battling and pokemon sword and shield have taken over this comes with a new set of rules based around the mechanics of the new games as well as an updated list of banned pokemon despite some early rumors gigamaxing is allowed but only with certain pokemon for a limited amount of time until they are more readily available and to our resident pokemon expert nate what do you have to say on this man uh i think that this is uh, this illustrates the exact problem that I was talking about when we heard about the dex cuts, when we heard about the gigamaxing or whatever the feature is, and and how it, there wouldn't be things like mega evolutions and Z-moves to help counterbalance the gigamaxing. And this was just all too predictable. Now, what's interesting about this is that the Smogan community, the the competitive players that are out there. The fan base who basically determine how competitive Pokemon works. Correct. Yeah. They have banned Gigamaxing outright. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, it sounds like they're alluding to the fact that there may be updates for Sword and Shield in and, the future. And that's interesting. I don't think I ever recall the Smogon community just like flying in the face of what Nintendo is trying to do. They're really working against them. Yeah. Interesting. It, it, there's a big rift in the competitive scene right now. 2019 was a record-breaking year for the video game industry, with which generated over $120 billion. Wow. A big portion of that was League of Legends, which accounted for $1.5 billion by themselves. They trailed behind Fortnite, which accounted for $1.8 billion, and that $1.8 billion, by the way, is a 28% drop from last year. What is so concerning, though, is that there are, there are just a few titles that are making the bulk of that. Mm. I'd like to see this kind of spread a little bit more evenly and not just, you know, kind of clumped with Fortnite and, you know, whatever else is popular. Yeah, but I think those days are gone. I, you're not wrong. I, and I think, you know, having the economic model that Fortnite has lends it to, to, to be that spot. If you recall last month, Cloud9 lost their entire CSGO roster, but they've come into the new year with a brand new one. Kind of. They passed the buck to ATK as Cloud9 has acquired their entire roster oh now. Oh my god! With the pickup, Cloud9's new CSGO roster consists of JT, Modem, Sonic, OC, and Floppy. Rick, we gotta ask, how's the C9 team going to fare? Because overall, they've been struggling in CSGO since winning the Boston Major back in 2018. Yeah, and even then, that wasn't like a major that you can really place a feather in your cap about. The biggest thing no about... No one says, oh, the Boston Major. Yeah, it's not It's not one of the international tournaments. You're not competing against, you know, legendary teams in it. It does show that currently in Counter-Strike right now, it seems to be instead of buying one or two players or trying to build a team, you just buy the whole team, man. Like, <laughs> so figure it out afterwards. If I'm a C9 fan, does does ATK move the denim? No. No? Okay. Not at all. ESL and DreamHack revealed a new partnership with Blizzard that will create an ESL Pro Tour for StarCraft 2 and WarCraft 3 reforged over the next three years. Blizzard will be giving ownership of the StarCraft 2 esports scene to the ESL, and there will be tournaments throughout the year on a minimum of four continents, and the World Finals will take place not at BlizzCon, but at IEM Katowice. Interesting. 
That's crazy, though. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, obviously, Blizzard's very busy with Overwatch League and uh, Call of Duty League kicking off. It's good to know what that they know what they can't handle. Right. They're saying, like, listen, we do not have the effort. We cannot put the energy into this. You guys handle it. I love it. That's all for the Checkpoint XP Esports Gaming Update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Earlier this week, Joe got to sit down with Chris Greeley, the commissioner of the League of Legends LCS. They announced some major changes to the schedule this year, including the introduction of Monday Night League of Legends. So Monday Night Football has been the marquee weekly sports event for my entire lifetime for many decades. Uh, this to me kind of feels like the mountain in, or the flag in the mountain saying, hey, we are going to be the marquee esports weekly event. Does that play into the decision at all? Like Monday Night League, tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, you for us, it's like Monday Night Football has always been that that kind of shining star of, you know, no matter what games we're playing, no matter who you're a fan of, uh, you know, the football world kind of shuts down and, and all focus goes on to that night. I spent a lot of nights when I when I lived in New York City, sitting in a sports bar, eating wings, watching two teams I didn't, you know, would never follow and didn't really care about just because it was the Monday night spectacle. Uh, we want to bring a little bit of that to leak. Um you know, esports um, is you know, a little bit heavy on Fridays, uh, so you know, being able to shift that to a Monday where there's not a ton going on uh, in the space, you get a lot of recaps of the previous week and look forwards uh, for the next week of LCS. But being able to provide some like really good matches and you know, kind of our own little spectacle uh, on Monday nights to, to be able to carve that out, we thought was really important. Well, that is really amazing. I think that this is some really aggressive positioning from Riot to be able to capture you know the attention of the esports world they have the running room to be able to do it they have the momentum to be able to do it joe what do you think of this move listen man monday night is such a dead zone for esports it totally I mean, is occasionally you'll get a tournament that spills over onto monday maybe if it's if it's overseas or something like that but usually there is nothing going on esports wise monday nights right and they're very smart because their season happens to pick up at the end of this month and run through the end of august so it's not oh. even like they're going to be competing with Monday Night Football. They're, they're very smart about Some, when they've timed this someone out. Someone thought about this just yeah. a little bit. No, it's it's really, really smart. And uh, I think this is a very, both, uh, and I said it before, aggressive move, but also a very smart move. Uh, can you bottom line some of the schedule changes that are coming to LCS? Yeah, some big things that are changing. First of all, it's going to be a four-day weekend instead of a two-day weekend. Uh, but Friday is just going to be the Academy teams. It's going to be their kind of minor league teams. But rather than asking everyone to sit and watch a whole bunch of Academy games, they're doing like a red zone kind of package where they have a bunch of games playing and then the casters are jumping around to all the action from game to game to kind of give you the highlight moments. Wow, that cool. actually sounds really cool, but that's an added stress on their production department. Oh yeah. I mean, that is very production heavy right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a, a lot to, to go for them. Uh, they're also changing the way the season works. Uh, the spring split will no longer contribute towards going to Worlds. That's, oh. that's coming to an end, which is what I alluded to earlier when I said it might not be the worst thing for Team Liquid. Sure. Uh, now the spring split sets up who goes to the midseason invitational and that's all the summer split the top eight teams at the end of the summer split will uh compete in a tournament and the top three teams from there get to go to worlds that's some big news and i want to make sure to send everyone over to our website checkpointxp.com to check out joe's exclusive interview with chris Greeley, the commissioner of the league of legends lcs do you think these changes are a big deal connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and when you 
do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, big changes are in store for the Call of Duty League as well as the OWL casting team. We're going to talk about that to round out our first hour here on Checkpoint XP. But at next, we're going to check in with Norris, who's out on the floor at CES, as well as uh, talk about some of the best performances that went down at MAGFest. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. CES 2020, that stands for the Consumer Electronics Show, and it's pretty much where all of the big electronics are shown off that are going to be coming out in 2020. And we've got boots on the ground. Norris Howard is out there reporting for us. We're going to check in with him in just a second. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Indiana on 1220 and 97.9 WSLM in Salem and WSBT 960 in South Bend. Check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind-the-scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code. So sign up today at CheckpointXP.com. Norris Howard is out at CES 2020 getting the scoop on all of the big electronics that are being shown out there. Norris, thanks for uh, going out there and covering it for us. Oh, yeah, man. It's definitely a big thing. They got all kinds of music and crazy stuff that just started in the background. It's all sorts (laughs) of really cool talks. And right now I'm at the uh, eSports Pavilion where they're talking about all things uh, eSports and all things video games. So uh, it's a really, really excellent event. And I've seen some wild stuff, man. Well, let's actually start there with the uh, the eSports uh, content that is going out uh, going on out at CES. That's kind of actually a newer track for CES, which has been mostly focused on hardware and electronics. What have you learned, uh, you know, in your experience out at CES this year? Well, definitely there's a major push uh, for trying to include VR as well as data aggregation oh, yeah. uh, in the eSports realm. We know that data is it's very important to esports is how you can even tell that one player is better than another one uh on its surface and so there's a major push to get more comprehensive data faster data uh in the esports world and vr i mean vr is still a huge part of ces it's one of the biggest pushes that they have here on the show floor and so obviously that is tying into esports as well is there anything like vr related that you've gotten to get hands-on with or try out yeah most definitely so one thing i got to try out was uh, a really funny thing where you put on shoes and it allowed you to walk inside of a vr world so you put on the headset and then you put on these shoes and with the shoes on you sat down and you moved your feet as if you were walking <laughs> and it created automation within the vr world it was nuts so so wait a minute is it like one-to-one movement where it's like as you take a step you're feeling like you take a step in the game or is it more like you take a step and it feels like someone has inched the the joystick forward just like one millimeter 
It's about as close as one-to-one as you could get for wow. right now. I mean... Uh, does it feel like walking? Like, when you're walking, does it actually feel like walking? Not really, because you're mm. still sitting down, so it's weird. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that seems like to be the, be the big issue, is if you're sitting down, how are you ever going to feel like you're walking? Yeah, anyway? I, I get around that way in the office yeah, all the well, time, just scooting around on my well, chair. I'll t- <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I, you know, played the game. It was sort of a No Man's Sky-style game. I played that game for a good 10, 15 minutes, and I was somewhat exhausted after playing it. I broke a sweat, man. Uh, I was able to uh, run around, and it does that. It, you speed up. You will be able to walk and run the faster you move your feet with this peripheral. It, it was kind of crazy. I mean, if you're looking to keep yourself in shape, yeah, that sounds like a great thing, but I'm not looking to exhaust myself. We know who we every are. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not looking to exhaust myself every time I'm, I'm, I'm looking to play a game. Uh, Norris, I have to ask you about one thing, because this seems to be the big conversation point coming out of CES, at least when it comes to gaming, Alienware has unveiled a new prototype for a handheld gaming PC that looks an awful lot like Nintendo Switch. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a hot ticket item right now. Um, They definitely are going to have to make some changes. I can see the Nintendo legal hounds uh, readying their fangs as we speak, but uh, it looks like an incredibly, incredibly amazing piece of hardware. Uh, I haven't a- been able to get my hands on it quite yet, because as I said, uh, everybody is trying to get their hands on it, but uh, it looks like a good piece of hardware, but I am not entirely sure if it's going to retain that same form factor. It is a, a concept currently, but uh, I'm not sure uh, if it's going to look exactly how it looks today. All right. CheckpointXP.com to check out all of the coverage that Norris is doing out at CES 2020. Norris, thanks for hanging out with us. All right. Thanks, guys. Can't wait to be back in the studio. All right. Now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it on Checkpoint XP Radio. Awesome Games Done Quick 2020 is happening, and the run that has generated the most conversation has been the one that involves blindfolds. AGDQ is a speedrunning event that raises money for uh, cancer research, and it recently played host to a blindfold two-player Mike Tyson punch-out run where both players were blindfolds, operated one half of the same controller, and eventually defeated Mike Tyson himself. Witchcraft! That's wild. Uh, Take a listen to uh, take a listen to them pull this off. This is amazing. Are there punch the star, punch the star, and they didn't think they'd do it. They didn't think they did it. Give it up. Unbelievable. Stick around because next hour we'll find out who failed it. And as always, find nailed it and failed it over at a website, checkpointxp.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. Man, not a lot of time to talk about this, but uh, MAGFest went down over the weekend. If you don't know what MAGFest is, it stands for Music and Gaming. Happens in the Washington, D.C. area right around the new year. And there were some amazing performances this year. And I just wanted to highlight a few of them, starting with uh, the Scottune Network. If you don't know what the Scottune Network is, you need to follow them on Facebook right now. This is one dude who does all of the instruments. Well, he got an entire band behind him for this performance. Oh. Oh, I didn't know I needed this until I heard it. What a great name, too, by the way. <laughs> exactly. And listen, if if knowing that there is a ska version 
of the intro song to the show, Arthur, if that doesn't make you go look this up on YouTube right now, I don't know what will. Honestly, it was one of the best sets that I've ever seen out at MAGFest, and uh, MAGFest is pretty famous for amazing sets. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you surprise me with a cover of Time's Scar, you can actually make me weep. So when I tuned in, when I tuned in to the MAGFest live stream on Twitch, and this song was playing by the uh, Super Soul Brothers, man, the waterworks came out. I have to say, the thing that surprises me most about MAGFest, and when you think of video game music, well, I could just get a CD or play the game to listen to it, but the different ways that they bring you this music, you know, using real instruments or remixes or whatnot, is absolutely mind Blowing. Absolutely. And I, I, I got to give a special shout out to Aethernaut. This is a my chip, favorite one that I had heard. A chiptune artist. This is a, a professionally trained violinist who plays on an electric violin. And this is some amazing chiptune music. Check out videos of all of these sets and uh, our top five favorite sets over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. But listen, we want to hear from you and we want to know what your favorite sets from MAGFest were. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update. That's ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to. Ch- but ahead next, the Call of Duty League is looking at some pretty major changes for its 2020 season, as well as the OWL caster desk. Stick around, that conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about all the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break right now, but they'll be back later this month. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. The 2020 spring split for the LCS, meanwhile, is scheduled to kick off on January 25th. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. February 1st will mark the kickoff of the Rocket League Championship Series. Teams will be competing weekly until the regional championships at the end of March. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. Speaking of that, the same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Super Smash Bros. players from all over the country to Detroit, Michigan. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Last minute changes. I can't think of anything better for esports, right, guys? <laughs> Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. You've been asking for it. It's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and low team damage. Plus, we've got some brand new Dungeons and Dragons inspired gear. Check it all out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com slash shop. 
Call of Duty League announced some last-minute changes just ahead of their inaugural season. Uh, this is weird for a few reasons because, <laughs> I mean, we're it seems like we're just weeks out from this league getting started. Well, uh, it does uh, seem we, that way. We are yeah, a few we weeks are. out. Uh, Friday, January 24th is going to be the first week of the Call of Duty League. It, it's, it's so close that these format changes we're about to talk about, because that was the big announcement, they're changing the way that the league format's going to be. Right. They're not changing it for the first week. Well, that's because the, what they're changing it to is what the format for the first week already was. That's why it goes into effect. In oh, you're too. right. That's right. That's so, right. Because they did have everyone there as as sort of the tournament. Yeah. Right. We'll, so we'll take the, it away then. Exactly. Joe. So the first week of the Call of Duty League season uh, is basically a tournament with every team participating, and that we all thought that was a really cool way to kick off the season. Sure. And then the idea was that after that they would kind of move into the home and away format. There'd be home stands where some teams would go to play at. <laughs> yeah. Very similar to what the Overwatch exactly League is doing. Exactly what yeah. the Overwatch exact League is doing. Same yeah. Thing. And there was a lot of pushback from the Call. Call of Duty League uh, fan base, basically the the Call of Duty fan base, saying it doesn't really make sense to have a team travel sometimes internationally to play a series of Call of Duty. Maybe the same way it makes sense for Overwatch. They don't think it's going to pan out, right? And yeah, a, a lot of those games, like some of those games, were going to be played in London. Yes, and, I exactly. mean, like there's a lot of travel that's it associated. Wasn't just the fan base, by the way. Uh, a source told the Esports Observer that some teams were actually becoming overwhelmed at the prospect of having to host events for both leagues this time at the year, since a lot of teams that uh, own Call of Duty teams also own Overwatch, Overwatch yeah. teams right. as well. So what they decided to do instead is every weekend of play, you know, every team will travel to one city and they'll hold a tournament there. Just like what they're doing in the first week, they'll do that basically every week. And for the most part, the response has been yes. Also, why wasn't that already the case? <laughs> well, all right. So first of all, how does that make travel any better at that point? Because now you're just flying every team everywhere anyhow. Yeah. And, and now, now, granted, it is more akin to what you would that, that you traditionally see in esports and everyone coming to one place doing their tournaments and whatnot. But if everyone's flying all the time anyway, what's the difference uh, on where they're going for those tournaments? Because now you're not potentially going to have to travel more than once in a weekend. You only have to go to one city maximum. You might have to have to travel to two on occasion in in the old schedule. And I believe there's less overall weekends of competition. But the problem there was just not enough teams to be able to fill a schedule, right? Like that's why you would have potentially having to travel right. to two different so, cities inside of a weekend, right? So instead, at the worst case scenario, you're going to fly to London this weekend and then fly somewhere else to compete in this weekend. You're only going to have to host, I believe, two times throughout the oh, year. Well, poor London, though. They're going to have to take a trip overseas almost every single weekend. I mean, if I was London, I would plan on basing a, yeah. like having a base stateside somewhere. Like, I, I understand the idea, but to save your players, man, I would plan on. So, is this a is this a bellwether for the entire concept of the Call of Duty League? It doesn't. It doesn't, look good. It doesn't seem to be a good foot to start off on. And I understand that the change will probably be, you know, positive at the end. But this is a bad look for an esports league that is like two weeks from its launch date. Well, and when you also take into consideration too that the new uh, Counter Strike uh, League is starting up this year as well, that's going to be a direct Competitor. I mean, there, there's a lot of overlap between the action going on in CSGO and Call of Duty League. And if Call of Duty isn't up to snuff, people might be, you know, taking a look over at CSGO instead. I mean, Rick, what's your two cents on this? I, man, I think it's something that needs to happen, right? Like the Call of Duty. Can there only be one? Yes. Oh, Here, I, really? I, yes, I think that it's just we're currently still at a time where you don't have any league as large as even Overwatch League is. You still don't have a large enough 
cool to just be able to have everybody surviving all at the same time. You're always going to be eating off of somebody else's plate. Mm. So to really see this, I just don't see a way that both just launch to fanfare and, you know, everything going well. One's going to suffer inevitably. Inevitably, one way or another. So I, I don't know which one it's going to be, to be honest with you. It's I don't be know. The one that's being played on the PlayStation. It's good. <laughs> I don't know because even <laughs> then, like with the new P- the new generation of PS5 and the new Xbox coming out and everything like that, how much are people going to be committing to games that are just like online multiplayer only? And that's that's been one of the big questions about the Call of Duty League that I never got real a real clear answer on. This is a game that has a new iteration every year. Yes. Right? Like, what are we going to do next year? Are we going to the next new Modern Warfare? Are we going to go to Black Ops? How does this change your competitive scene when you're trying to keep up with annual releases? All right. Well, we got to leave the discussion right there. But do you want to, you know, talk with us on the air? Do you want to talk with myself or Norris when he's here or Joe when he's here or Robbie? It's super easy. All you got to do is head on over to any of our social media pages that's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. You, you hear me say it all the time. Send us a DM. Send us a direct message. You can sound off on your favorite games, gaming news, and your favorite teams. Or just tell us what's up. Uh, we got to move on now to the caster exodus from Overwatch League. This is a pretty big deal. A lot of the casting talent has decided to split with the Overwatch League and pursue new ventures. Well, more than uh, double what left in the first year, which, uh, t- to my knowledge right offhand, was really just Golden Boy. And, of course, Chris Puckett took over his main hosting uh, uh, duties on the desk. But, yes, now uh, the legendary casting duo of Monte Cristo and Doa, who have been together for seven years or, or across multiple esports titles, they have both left citing creative differences with the Overwatch League. And uh, Chris Puckett, as well, uh, has decided to go freelance instead uh, for different reasons, it seems that his wife got a, a, a job opportunity on the East Coast, and so you know he's moved obviously back home with her, not wanting to be separated. And I think going freelance for him was—I mean, it worked out for Golden Boy, right? So I don't sure. see why it wouldn't work out for for Puckett. But the real worry for me is Monte Cristo in Doha. These guys are esports visionaries, right? Oh, and they're veterans. That's right. They, they were there at like the dawn of the esports, absolutely with, uh, with StarCraft. And so, I mean, you know, they were brought in by Nate Nanzer to help shape what this league looks like and to know that they're leaving because, you know, what they saw would be good for the future of the league isn't what the league agrees with. It 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 worries me a little bit. Now, I had seen Monty's post to Twitter at the time that he had announced that he was leaving the OWL. And the thing that really concerned me was, yeah, the creative differences, the same thing that Doa is citing. That makes me really concerned because I want to know what is changing in the 2020 season that has their red flags up. You know what I mean? Like, that to me is... You know, just to go back to our previous conversation, a very interesting bellwether for what the 2020 OWL season might look like or sound like for that matter. Well, another thing that we're going to start seeing is what the caster turnover in these major esports leagues is going to look like. In traditional sports, when you have a casting team, yeah, they stay there for like 30 years until, until they die. <laughs> Joe, today you're wearing a Red Wings jersey. Mickey, Mickey Redman was tell. the voice of the Red Wings for decades. Yes, absolutely. So it's weird, this idea. That's not going to most likely translate to esports. At least it seems that way. Now, in League of Legends, you do have your veterans who have been there since almost the beginning, pretty much. But 
I, I don't feel like everything moves faster in esports, yeah. right? Is that possible to have someone stick around in an esport for ten years, I, even as a caster? I don't know, but I'd like to see it. Like, I think that that should be aspirational for esports to have someone who embodies the voice and the projection of your brand and your league. But listen, we want to hear from you on this. Are you concerned about the turnover at the OWL casting desk? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Coming up in the next hour of Checkpoint XP, The Witcher hit Netflix and Star Wars hit silver screens. We're going to talk about them both. Plus, we've got to talk about esports and it, plus, we've got to talk about esports in 2020. What are we hoping for? What are we dreaming about? Those conversations ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint XP News Desk. The Witcher wasn't just a big hit. Henry Cavill also is a huge nerd. Gaming news is next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for eSports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, The Witcher has hit Netflix and Star Wars hit the silver screen. We're going to give you our opinions on both, plus eSports in 2020. What are we hoping for? What are our dreams? You're going to find out coming up today on Checkpoint XP. But first... Gaming news update. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. CheckpointXP.com Video games and pop culture continue to merge as we enter the new year. Last year, we saw Louis Vuitton move into the gaming space, and now Vogue is following suit. Vogue Italia is devoting their first issue of 2020 entirely to fashion illustrations, and legendary Final Fantasy illustrator Yoshitaka Amano is doing one of seven covers. His illustration is of model Lindsay Wixon in a Gucci dress. Listen, I actually think that this is pretty cool. This because is amazing, this is the, here is Here is someone who is involved with the process of making video games, giving his interpretation on fashion, and here comes Vogue to be able to give it a platform. And, and I think that this elevates video games in a way that I don't know that the Louis Vuitton crossover did. Well, I, I think the Amano art style, right? That is so... Intricately woven with Final Fantasy, like and when you, distinctly when, Final Fantasy. Yes, like, absolutely. You know that when you see it from across a room. I'm super excited to see them move into something with Vogue or with anyone, frankly. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get the texts from my mom. Like, hey, what's this Vogue cover all about? <laughs> It's going to be great. Hey, the more that this pushes into the mainstream and people who aren't gamers are interacting with it, the better. We'll be talking a bit later about the new Netflix series, The Witcher, which everyone has been raving about. But the one part that sticks out the most just won't leave our heads. Toss a coin to your Witcher, the song which has already been added to the popular virtual reality game Beat Saber. I think that this is pretty cool. Uh, there's also been 
like a dozen or so remixes of the it. Millions of them. Oh, so there many. There isn't a single person, I feel like, who hasn't touched this song yet. Before uh, we went on the air today, we were joking about meme music. Oh, yeah. Toss a coin to your Witcher is, is definitely a contender for 2020 meme music. For right? sure. Absolutely. I got to tell you, that doesn't seem like it'd be a very difficult song on Beat Saber. Not <laughs> really, no. The, the the tempo doesn't exactly get up there. Here's the thing. That's, uh, uh, that song, that series released just ahead of MAGFest, mm-hmm. and all of these remixes is I keep seeing videos of entire clubs of people wow. singing along to sing, you know, toss a coin to your Witcher. That's crazy. It's amazing. I love seeing that kind of stuff. The Xbox Game Pass is essentially Netflix for video games. You pay a monthly sub and you get access to a certain library of games, although you do still have to download them. But Game Pass may have gotten a bit more attractive for anyone still holding out as Grand Theft Auto V is now available through it. Who are those people? <laughs> Who doesn't own Grand Theft Auto V in 2020? The, the games made like $100 billion. I'm yeah. exaggerating, but... <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but there are obviously still some people left over to buy it after uh, GTA Roleplay suddenly became big. That is true. The same issue that they're going to run into on this is the same issue that MoviePass had when they allowed you to go and have unlimited movies and then all of a sudden you started start to shrink and start to shrink and start to shrink. If you don't have every game on there, it's another form of cable. I'm out. PlayStation Plus did this where it started off, you get two games for Vita, two games for PlayStation 3, and two games for PS4. Now you just get two games. Oh, yeah. 2019 was an amazing year for Riot Games. They killed it in the esports space with their World Finals, and they announced a ton of new games with their 10-year anniversary celebration. Ryan Rigney, communications lead for League of Legends, admitted on Twitter there was some fear about announcing their mobile and card game titles after the reception Diablo Immortal and Artifact received. <laughs> I saw they uh, also did a joke, like, like a, a how-to guide on announcing your brand new that, game. Yeah, that's what it was. They, yeah. they, they put out a video kind of talking about how they, the tactics behind tackling it, because, I mean, I mean, they announced both of those things, and it, it went amazing. You need to be able to learn from the failures of your peers, and that's exactly what Riot did. They watched BlizzFest, I wouldn't be surprised if they ran X's and O's on BlizzFest to be able to figure out exactly Stop. where that BlizzFest? Fell... BlizzCon? BlizzCon. BlizzFest. No, What's what wrong with is, me? What this is, is that Riot has only ever released one game in their entire history, so their fans were starved well, for more. That, well, that's the thing, though. Is you may not be wrong there. They announced so many games that when you also announce a card game you're and a mobile like, game, yeah, you're just right. like, yeah, That's great. Exactly. It wasn't like, I want Diablo 4. You gave me something else. It's like, here's all the games you wanted. Here's two games you didn't know you wanted and a mobile and a card game. Uh, I just can't get over BlizzFest. Jeez. (laughs) What did I do? One of the pleasant surprises that has come out of the press tour that Netflix and Henry Cavill have uh, been doing, come along with the release of The Witcher, is that Superman is apparently a huge gamer. He could probably host this show better than I could. (laughs) I I guarantee you he knows what BlizzCon is. It turns out that Cavill prefers uh, the PC over the PS5 and Xbox. He's played through The Witcher three times to prep for his role and even met with the voice actor for Geralt. He's also a huge fan of the Total War series and plays Overwatch, but he did mention he doesn't watch pro gaming because that cuts into his own gaming time. That's probably fair. I I I can't argue with that. Listen, when you are also a world-renowned actor, yeah, at that point... You only have so much time. Yeah, you only have so much time to be able to devote to gaming. 
The Xbox Series X has been touting that it's more powerful than the PlayStation 5 will be, but analyst Piers Harding Rolls of the IHS Market Technology doesn't think that's going to matter. Last year, Harding Rolls made 11 predictions for gaming in 2019, and 10 of them turned out to be correct. That's wow. like nine more than we got, right? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks the PS5 will outsell the Xbox Series X, citing the impact of backwards compatibility on brand loyalty and audience transition. He says, I think we'll see less brand switching as a result. I, I, th- I think that's fair. I think that that's a pretty fair analysis. Well, and that's what Microsoft needs right now. They lost the past... Two console generations, didn't they? Yes, they have not done well uh, for the past two generations. And and the thing is, is that like, when are they just going to give up the ghost? When are they I just don't know that they can? When are they just going to go? Okay, we're just going to make gaming PCs, and it also has Windows on it. Uh, like, have you I, seen the Series X? They've basically done that. That's what I'm talking about. But in order to be able to do that, it's got to come with a keyboard and mouse, right? Like to be able to send that signal to your audience. Because if you take that thing home and it just comes with a controller, everyone's going to call it a console. Now, interesting enough, he does think that both consoles will sell more in 2020 than their predecessors did in the launch of 2013. Uh, so, I mean, they probably will still make more than they did on the last one. Yeah, more disposable income. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they also, and this is a sentiment shared by several analysts, that the Nintendo Switch will eclipse both of them in sales. Well, they've got like a eight, nine month run- lead time on, and on the other consoles. And we're hearing rumors of late 2020, the Nintendo Pro Switch. The Switch Pro, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's all for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Christmas came a bit early over the holidays for fans of the Final Fantasy. 7 remake as the PlayStation Network had accidentally leaked a demo for the upcoming blockbuster game. Yeah. How does this happen? So, How? So How? On Christmas Eve, people were sort of, you know, paying attention to what was being added to PSN and they had noticed a demo for the FF7 remake that had went up and people were like, oh, you maybe on Christmas or New Year's it would be dropping. It would the, go live. The launch is early March, so it has to be Yeah, soon. we gotta be coming up on the demo. Hasn't dropped yet, but in that time, data miners were able to rip it off of PlayStation Network, distribute it. There are YouTube videos of people playing through it, people data mined through it, uncovered all types of like, you know, screenshots of, of characters that we haven't seen yet. They found that Wait, 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 hang on. New characters Not to new, the game. New. Okay, okay. Just ones we haven't seen yet. Okay. Uh, uh, Red 13, you know, the big yeah. red lion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the busty scarlet, the. It doesn't Greasy make Polar. any sense for Red Thirteen to be anywhere in that part of the game, but no, sure, no, it does. He's in the he's in uh, uh, when before you escape Midgar, so really? he'd be in there. Now I don't think oh. he'd be in a demo, which makes me think that there was more information in that demo than what you would be playing because he'd be near the end of the game, right? Yeah, they also found out too that there are some uh, uh, events from the original game. That are actually having their context completely changed around. Really? In the relaunch. Like so, what? The original game, Avalanche, the, the group of eco-terrorists that you're part of, blows up this reactor because it's 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 draining the life of the planet. It's 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 evil. It's owned by the evil Shinra Corporation. Save the trees. And it's a very sort of morally gray area there, right? But in the new game, in the remake, uh, uh, Avalanche just disables the generator. No harm done. And Shinra decides, well, let's just blow it up anyway and blame it on them. I hate this. I hate this so much because part of the part of what was great about Final Fantasy VII when it came out is that it dealt in kind of morally gray areas yeah. like that, and it didn't it, things weren't so black and white. It wasn't good guys and bad guys. Yes, exactly. There was a you know, if viewed through a certain lens, you could see Cloud as the villain, and I think that 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 
kind of nukes an entire interpretation of the story, and I think that that that's that's a, a bummer. But more than that, I love having no dog in this race, by the way, because it is <laughs> funny as hell. More than that, I need to know how they were able to get it off of PSN, how they were able to recompile that data, how they were able to get it in a runnable state and then distribute it to other people who I would assume have hacked PlayStation 4. Square Enix has to be furious. Oh, they have got to be fuming. (laughs) How many people do you think were fired over this? Uh, at, it's it's got to be at and, and, Sony. And it's got it's to be on PlayStation. See, then, that's right? the thing. I don't think that a Square Enix employee would be responsible for no. this. It's Sony. It's a hundred percent Sony because it's Sony that uploaded the data early. It's Sony that has the bad security and the holes in their security that let the data come off of their servers in the first place. I'm sorry, this falls squarely in the lap of Sony. But if you're Square Enix and you are upset about this, what's your recourse? You don't have one. What do you do? You're yeah, not your gonna, game's out in three months. You're not going to burn your bridge with Sony. They've I, been your money maker. I think you launch the demo as quickly as yeah, possible. That's all you can I do. mean, the fact that it hasn't yeah. launched by this point is is kind of weird. Yeah. Shocking, really. Mm-hmm. Does this make it any less in money? Do they sell any no. fewer? No. 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 I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of Square Enix. It's like Star Wars fans. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's going to make it money. Up. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're definitely going to eat it up. But you know what? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe you have a different opinion. Maybe you think that Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be irrevocably changed because of this. We want to know. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to take a look at esports in 2020 and share some of our hopes and dreams. But ahead next, we got to talk about the release of the Witcher series on Netflix and Star Wars coming to the silver screen. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty. (laughs) (laughs) We got to talk about the Witcher Netflix series. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming and not for singing. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the sports hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Check out our website, CheckpointXP.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind the scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code. So sign up today at CheckpointXP.com. Netflix has been talking about this Witcher Netflix series forever. I think I said Netflix one too many times in there. (laughs) But here's the thing is that I was not expecting a whole lot out of it. I was expecting, you know, maybe like... Hercules or Xena and don't get me wrong there is enough of that in there for yeah. you if that's what you're looking for you're gonna find it yeah there's some monster of the week Hercules yeah. fun in there yes. there you go yeah. yes a little Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. thrown in there for good measure uh, I just I didn't expect to really fall in love with it I've tried to play the uh, the Witcher series a few times the video game series a few times didn't totally love the character of Geralt uh, I have not liked Henry Cavill in anything that I've ever seen him in. Uh, granted, I haven't seen him in that uh, that much, just the Superman stuff. Uh, you're not alone. I, I, I went into it 
cautiously optimistic, we'll say. I, I think the fact, knowing that they had based it more on the books as opposed to the game, gave me a little bit more hope. Because like you, I wasn't really all that enamored with the games as well. And, and you know, knowing that obviously for, for that book series to be as successful as it is, I mean, eight books in it, that, yeah. that it, it would have had to have been more than just, oh, what monster are we killing this week, There's got to be some good source yeah, material. Exactly. Off, right. Yeah, exactly. And that's my thing. is I, I felt like I was kind of playing with house money with this series. I'm not a huge love you know, fan of The Witcher, so right. if they don't do it justice, it, no skin off my nose. Well, how, how are you going to know anyway? <laughs> Fair enough. The thing is, is that the, the reason I went into it and decided to watch it at all is because video game adaptations are few and far between, and I know we talked about good it ones uh, even further. We, it, it, Robbie, you and Norris argued about whether or not uh, it, it actually constituted a video game adaptation or if it was a book adaptation, given the fact that the video game is so popular. It can be both as well. It, and, and Henry Cavill based his performance off of the Geralt from the video games. I think that, yeah, it's 50-50. Sure. Either way. I'll give you that. I, I, yeah. I'd All say right. that it's fairly evenly balanced, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, my interest in the series was to see how did it do as a video game adaptation. Most of the video game adaptations I've seen have been woefully, woefully uh, you know, underfunded or underdeveloped. Uh, Assass- the Assassin's Creed oh, movie, the Tomb Raider movie, Warcraft, Warcraft, the Doom movie. What, Doom. What, what it comes down to for me when you look at those is the the problems that the film or the TV show has. Do they stem from being adapted from a video game, or are they problems that any film or TV series has? That's and fair. If it's the latter, then it's a win for me. So I have to say that I think so far this is the best video game adaptation I've seen. I think it's been the most loyal. I think it's been the most um, careful with its with its subject material. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed. Name a better video game adaptation than The Witcher. I, 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 I honestly, yes, would put Pikachu That's over it. Because that one is ripped straight from a game, not 50-50 with the novel. I will give you Detective Pikachu is probably a little bit more loyal. And I love, there. I loved, don't get me wrong, I loved that movie. Uh, but I think that there's something a little bit more special when you see like a, a bit more of a one-to-one translation from what you're used to in the games to the screen. I, I'd also try to argue Super Mario Brothers from the 90s. Stop! But, but we no. don't have the time or the medical insurance no. for that. Uh, we and, can't. Especially... Like, Detective Pikachu also has the benefit of being a movie. They have to get one yes. cohesive story out of here. This is a TV series, which... Yeah. Argue which one takes more effort or creative endeavor all you like... It's hard to write a good TV series that is good for an entire season. Yeah, I'll give you that. And uh, I would also argue, though, that you need a season to tell stories from video games because those are fifty-hour, you know, fifty to sixty-hour stories, right? It depends. You're not, not going to be able to to really put those into a two-hour movie in some cases. I think it depends. I think you know, length of the actual narrative itself. You could also. You know, do sequels of Rampage a movie. was so good because there wasn't oh, much on. of a story there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was good because it didn't have to lean on much of a story. I'll give you that. There is there is a bit of like, do we how how loyally do we adapt the canon for what we're about to do? See, that's the bigger question for me, right? Because it's easy enough to say, okay, he, he's a monster hunter. You know, make sure that you're you're keeping lore intact. But the actual canon itself, because in the game, you know, you as the player get to pick like who you're romantically involved with, right? Right. They're going to have to pick one person. 
for the Witcher show. I don't think they did for the Witcher show. But I mean, it seemed like he had multiple companions. Right <laughs> so I'm just saying, I don't think you have to pin down one. Yeah, they did not pick one canon no. companion in the books or in the games. They're also in season one of what may end up being seven if the showrunner gets her way. Oh, come on. You Do you really? This is Netflix right, that we're talking about. All, do you really think we're going to see seven seasons of The Witcher? greenlit for seasons two and three already. That's fine. So we're halfway there. If one person stops watching it in between seasons two and three, they're going to cancel it because Netflix likes to do that kind of stuff. All right, we're going to have to leave that part of the discussion right there. We're going to talk about Star Wars here in just a second. But first, it's time to check out who failed it. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who and who failed it? On Checkpoint XP Radio. WWE 2K20 has become an unmitigated disaster with constant issues with textures and item placement and physics and, oh yeah, hair. Nothing was right with this game, but a new bug put the game in a unplayable state. The issue, WWE 2K20 would constantly crash after the system clock turned to 2K20. Wow, it's almost the new year. I really should go and play the new WWE 2K20 uh, tower for to, so I can get New Year's ricochet, so I can be prepared for the new year. All right, let's go do that. Hey, that's okay. I don't. Maybe I didn't really want that ricochet anyway. It doesn't make any sense. All right, I'm gonna go. You know what? Maybe I'll just go on the community creations and see what new creations everyone's been making. I really enjoy seeing everyone's creativity. You know what? I didn't want to download anyone anyway. They all look like for the most part. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go online instead. So yeah, nothing. Literally, almost nothing worked. Uh, leave it to 2K Games to leave a Y2K like bug in the to take just the whole game down. Do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make a submission over at our website, checkpointxp.com. This is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. The Witcher wasn't the only thing that saw its release over the holiday break. Also, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker came out on my birthday. The end of a saga, guys. Yep, the end of a saga. And everyone's happy. It was the best movie that ever came out. And I haven't seen a single complaint. I really enjoyed it. Have you not been on the internet? Do, yeah. we, do we have different internets, Joe? Yeah, I'm on the Chinese internet. <laughs> what I can see is pretty limited. I, it sounds like you're on the George Lucas internet. <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. Oh, yeah, the Star Wars fans wish. First off, to start this conversation, was it a good movie? Without any other discussion, was it a good movie? Uh, I thought so. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Does that make it a good movie if you enjoy it? I think so. Oh, then yes. If, if it, you enjoyed it, sure. It set out, you know, it, it completed what it set out to do, right? It entertained some fans, I guess, just depending on the fan that you asked. Was it a satisfying resolution to nine movies worth of story? For me, it was the most satisfying resolution you were possibly going to get on a story that started 42 years ago. That is, that may seem like a weird caveat, but I'm going to agree 100% with that. <laughs> right? Like, there's so much in it where I go, that was an interesting choice, and then I think, what would I have done differently? And I draw a blank. I'm like, actually, I don't know what I would have done in, in it place. That's, I think, the most challenging uh, aspect to a film like this, is that you have so much build-up and expectation. This is like any any long-running TV series. Game of Thrones is a perfect example. Uh, you know, it, it didn't live up to everything that I built it up to in my head, therefore
for it's imperfect and it must be changed or destroyed. Let's Dude, start a petition to get it redone. Yeah, right. Your, your P1 audience from the original Star Wars movie is collecting social security now. <laughs> that is a wide range of people you have to make a movie for at that point. No, you're right. And here's what I did over the holiday break. That was a bad decision. I went on to Facebook and joined a Star Wars fan group. Oh, oh why would you do that? Honey. To see what people thought. And I got to tell you something. You saw what people thought, didn't you? It's not just that everyone has a complaint about the movie. Like, it's fine. I have complaints about the movie. It's not just that everyone apparently hates the movie. It's that their ideas for what to do better are objectively worse. I got into what <laughs> seemed like a reasonable discussion about whether the main villain should have been the main villain of the movie. And I said, you know what? Selfishly, I enjoyed that he was the main villain of the movie. And I don't, I didn't see a great way to like tell the story another way. And this person replied to me, and I quote, I understand what you're saying, but don't you think it would have been a better movie if my boy General Grievous had come back? <laughs> From where? And I stopped and... and <laughs> po- where? Stop it. I poked Sarah and po- and showed her that and asked her, what do I say to this? What am I supposed to do with that? And she closed my laptop That for is me. the only rational answer is to just disengage and go away. But my question is, is listen, do you think that this is going to be a movie that in 10 years the fandom will come around to? Oh. Well, hold on, because I'd like to point out that a lot of people after seeing this are talking about how great The Last Jedi was and how much this screwed that movie over. People hated The Last Jedi when it came out. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, when it came out, all I saw was nothing but complaining. This movie will be beloved the moment the next Star Wars thing comes out and makes them more angry. Oh, no. But that's how every Star Wars fandom works. I saw another post on there with someone asking, how does the main bad guy come back? They never explained it. And it's true. Star Wars fans never learn. If you ask the question, they'll try to answer it, and you're not going to be happy when they do. Listen, we want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Let us know what you thought about the rise of Skywalker. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we got to check in with our social media followers and find out what your gamer resolution for 2020 is. But ahead next, esports in 2020. What do we hope for it? Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's a new year and a fresh slate for eSports. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for eSports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on CBS Sports Radio 1300 in Baltimore, as well as WCBT 1230 in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. For all the latest in college eSports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Agbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the biggest stories in college collegiate esports from a perspective of the students who live and breathe it check it out over at our check it out over at our website checkpointxp.com or look for checkpoint xp on campus wherever you get your podcast Twenty. 
2020 is a brand new year, and that means a fresh slate and even some new ventures for a lot of esports leagues. So we got to talk about what we're hoping to see out of esports in 2020. And I think a a logical place to start might be with the biggest possible esport right now in terms of popularity, eyeballs, whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) Success. And that is League of Legends. League of Legends going into a big year. Uh, They just celebrated their 10-year anniversary. Yeah, now they get to celebrate another 10-year anniversary this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue, right? 2019 was one of the most successful years in esports history for League of Legends, and uh, they just set new records for most viewers ever uh, on an event with uh, their the World Championships on Twitch this year. And this year, like you said, it's their 10-year anniversary for their esports scene. This will right. be LCS or you know whatever you want to call it. Year number 10, and they've already said that this world championship is going to blow away last year's, that they're going all out. First of all, I don't know how you blow how? away yeah. the holograms last... come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> like Exactly. We're already at the point where we've got holograms performing on stage with with new bands that are and made up in the world. In of the game. Louis Vuitton. In Louis Vuitton. Like, where do you go from there? I don't know. Uh, that That is like the craziest convergence of culture that I can think of. And how they plan to outdo themselves, I do not know. But all I know is that this is a must watch this year. It's it's totally a must watch, and I mean, as much as I, for the first year in a while, I'm not super excited about like watching like North America compete. Like I'm excited about it, but that's not like my main focus of this year. My main focus for the year is at some point we're going to start getting an idea this year of what some of their new games, esports scenes are going to look like because you know any game that they're coming out with, they have esports in mind. Absolutely, and. So they've got like five, six, and seven new games coming out. If, if two of those catch on at all, like League of Legends, they own esports for the next decade. No, I think that that's a really good point. I can't wait to see what the competitive turn-based RPG is going to be. That's that's the okay. one that's gotten me really right, excited. Mate. Maybe I will finally have an opportunity to enter into the world of esports myself. Probably not. Their Probably turn-based not RPG. Now. It's going to wind up being tactics, and you're going to be furious. <laughs> you know what? If they did, if they did like a Pokemon sort of thing, yeah. I. I'd actually be all right with that. Like I would, I'd actually get really, really deep into that. Um, really interesting that uh, League of Legends uh, it has such a big year in front of it. And you're right with all of those development projects. Uh, a lot remains to be seen about what we could be seeing out of uh, Riot Games. Uh, we got to take our and, and set our uh, sights on uh, Blizzard now. Mm-hmm. Overwatch League. We talked a little bit earlier in the show about some of the churn that the casters desk is seeing. What are you? seeing for 2020 OWL? Well, we have a lot of new talent coming in, obviously, not just with the casters leaving, but with the fact now that, you know, the, the show is being taken on the road and you're going to have two home stands each weekend on probably opposite sides of the world in most cases. They're going to have to increase their talent pool even larger than that. So, first of all, you have to hope that a lot of them uh, click with the viewers, which shouldn't be an issue. What I'm most actually concerned about is, depending on where the home stands are going to be, you know, last year when Dallas hosted the first home stand, it was a runaway success, but they even still had some issues. You know, there was a, a one point where the entire uh, venue had lost power. Yeah. And of course, they got it back up and everything then went without a hitch. But, you know, what happens the first time that you go, like, you know, to Florida and there's something that just goes so catastrophically wrong? Like a hurricane. Okay, yeah, that'd actually be out of their control. I'm saying even someone within their control where they just don't have all their ducks in a row. Yeah. And they can't. 
to have the the competition that weekend. Like right. that's going to spell disaster. That's a headline that people are going to be talking about for the rest of the year for Overwatch League. Depending think, depending on how they recover from that. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I. I think it's going to be an important year. It's going to be a big year. But I also think that this is the year where if something's going to go wrong and something's going to backfire on them, this is the year that it happens. Well, and they, you know, there's going to be a period of working through a lot of those mm-hmm. uh, issues. And yeah, if it's going to happen, this is probably going to be the year that it happens. But I think that they have way more to gain by setting out on this home and away system than they have to, you know, than they have to lose. Uh, all right, let's switch our attention over to Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite was enormously popular last year. Uh, they were able to uh, pack uh, the I the tennis stadium in new york the arthur a ash stadium there in new york go. there it is oh, wow I, I knew if i if i just tap danced a little bit longer i'd find it um <laughs> the tennis stadium but but the thing is is that like that fortnite was probably the biggest impact on esports overall from a macro standpoint what kind of impact is it going to have this year you know what's crazy is that they're moving more towards uh while all these other ones are going towards giant leagues and playoffs and everything fortnite is getting smaller Smaller See, I've, I've always loved that idea because yes. the way that I looked at Fortnite is it doesn't have a pro scene in the same way that other ones do, where you have to like go pro, right? At any tournament or, or, or any open or anything, anybody could come and potentially make their way to the finals. Sure. And it's great because what they're doing is they're actually making it so that it's online tournaments and competitions. It's a leaderboard that just sort of lives forever in indemnity. And people are able to go in and you compete in weekend tournaments. You add up points eventually. And whoever's the best gets invited to these big tournaments. How so do they keep out the cheaters, though? Well, but how, well, they had a big problem with yeah. that last year yeah. as well. That is a very valid question. But is it going to attract as many eyeballs? Are people going to be as interested this year in whatever the Fortnite World Cup, wherever it is, are they going to be as interested this year as they were last year? Yes, and the reason why is because it's not just pros. I think that you have storylines that can build, and there's always something new, and it's shiny toys as compared to, like, Great, let's talk about the same four teams we've been talking about for the past 20 years on a game. All right, fair enough. Talk. And speaking of 20 years, let's talk about Counter-Strike Global Offensive <laughs> because this game has been running literally forever, but there is a concerted effort to bring their professional scene into a much more consumable format. Rick, what do you see the next year of uh, Counter-Strike looking like? Uh, it's it, it has the possibility to be strong. They announced the Blast Premiere Series. Uh, it's an actual playoff where you you have tournaments that aren't just random, you know, qualifiers. Some teams go to certain ones. Some teams go to different ones. This is $4.25 million for their prize pool. They're setting it up with a spring finals, a global finals. It's like finally going to be structured in a sense that like your regular Joe would be able to follow who the hell is playing yeah. and why does it matter? And then, of course, there's PUBG and PUBG Mobile who, I, you know what? Is I there, just Is there? I just hope people watch. <laughs> I just hope people watch. That's all that's all I want for 2020. Just watch some PUBG. It's it's actually really entertaining. I'd like to see the PUBG become the first like accessible mobile game that we watch. That would be really interesting. Although I don't know that I share the same optimism that at least a lot of companies who are investing in the space are. All right. Well, listen. We want to hear from you. What are you expecting out of your esports that you watch week over week? What are you expecting out of them in 2020? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and. Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Coming up next on Checkpoint.
Checkpoint XP. We're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what gamer resolution you've set for yourself that you've probably already broke in 2020. Stick around. That's Ad Next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about all the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break right now, but they'll be back later this month. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. The 2020 spring split for the LCS, meanwhile, is scheduled to kick off on January 25th. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. February 1st will mark the kickoff of the Rocket League Championship Series. Teams will be competing weekly until the regional championships at the end of March. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. Speaking of that, the same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Super Smash Bros. players from all over the country to Detroit, Michigan. That's it for the Checkpoint X save the date calendar and remember for all the latest in the world of esports check out our website that's over at checkpointxp.com this is checkpoint xp esports and gaming radio checkpointxp.com It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville and ESPN Radio 99.3 FM in Fort Myers, Florida. Make sure you visit our website, CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch, which, by the way, there's some awesome D&D-inspired merch. You can check it all out over at CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us on social media. Media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram so that you can respond to our weekly social media question. This week, we ask you what your 2020 gamer resolutions are, and I'm sure you've already broke them. But with, before we get to your responses, Robbie, you're actually going to be out at PAX South. That's right. PAX South uh, takes place the 17th, 18th, and 19th of this month. I'll actually be out there with the Houston Outlaws. Ooh, look at you. Uh, that's right. Moderating their panel, The Path of oh! the Oh, look at you! Yeah, we're gonna t- kind of you know talk about their their incredible journey from their first time playing Overwatch to becoming professional Overwatch players, and that's at uh, 11 a.m. in the Falcon Theater on Saturday. But that's not all. They're actually gonna be doing a uh, pro am where each of the players will play with five other attendees against one another in the Pax Arena. That starts at 2 p.m. Wow! And I'll actually be casting that. No way! Yeah! Wow! Way. You're, yeah! You're gonna be with someone else out there too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know who it is yet. Um, but uh, they have a, th- uh, a guy who's casted third and second tier Overwatch League. That's also go or, or, or Overwatch content. That's also going to be casting. Oh, over. so he's yes. going to be carrying you. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's going to be doing some color commentary. Yeah. I meant me. I was going to be. Out oh, there yeah. Too. Sorry, Joe's uh, coming along as like my assistant. He'll be he'll be taking all of the pictures and doing the, doing the social media stuff. So if you can't make it out to Pack South here, uh, uh, you know, in, in a week or two, um, you know, definitely check us out on social media and live vicariously through us. And you're not going to be able to miss Joe with his orange hair. That's so, fair. true. Uh, Seven feet tall. Come up, say hi. Uh, these guys are going to be out at Pack South having a blast. Uh, Robbie, I just have one question for you. How exciting is this? Because like you're they're huge, my team. Yeah, man. that's your team, the Houston Outlaws. It's a big deal for you. I'm, uh, a, I'm a little nervous. I got I got really? back to fanboying. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. man, that's going to be exciting. Make sure you check it out. That's happening in a couple of weeks out at Pack South. All right, turning our attention now over to our social media question this week. We asked you what your 
2020 gamer resolution is, and we actually ask this every year. We do. <laughs> every new year, we ask what uh, your gaming resolution is. And I tried to, I, I asked you guys, you know, on the honor system yeah. to try to remember what your 2020 <laughs> gamer resolution was. No problem. What was it? <laughs> Last year, I resolved to beat one game at least. Every month. And my first game last year was Celeste in January. So you had a good start. How'd it so, go after that? I beat Control back in June. <laughs> so that's two. Wait, oh, I also beat in September Borderlands 3. Oh, so, so I, you I got three, three, out games. three out of 12. Joe, well, what was your gamer resolution for so 2019? My gamer resolution for going into 2019 was to start clearing out my backlog, which oh, incidentally that's a losing has, has been my resolution every year for the last five years. <laughs> Because you can't do it, especially and if you keep buying how, games. Hang on, hang on. How many games in your backlog were you able to get through? Listen, I don't know if we should put a None. number on it. No, it's zero. You it's just you just zero. added to it. So, what, do so, you do you consider your backlog of games just any game that you own that you've never it's, finished? It's any game in my Steam library oh, that geez. I bought after saying, "Yeah, I'll play that eventually." That you That's what, that I, you bought or that has, I bought. Okay. If someone buys it for me, I'm not responsible. Fair for that. enough. <laughs> All right. So, so, so last year my well, oh. my for this year, I'm oh, changing okay. it. Oh, you are to not buy any more games that I'm not going to play immediately. Oh, see, that Fair might enough. be doable. All right. So last year, my uh, gamer resolution, because I was such a fan of Fallout 76, was to go back and play every Fallout game, and I did that. I actually, well, hey, you know, I what? followed through on my gamer New Year's resolution. I. You did, well, actually. You know I, what? I'm I got, proud of you. Yes, absolutely. And, and I got front to back on three, New Vegas, and four. Yeah, how wait, much of one wait, and two wait, did wait, you hold, play? Yeah, hold on. While at one and two count. Yeah. I, don't think I, I don't think you played I don't think those. I specifically said that I... You just said every, every Fallout, Fallout game. game. One well, and two. I technically played them. What does that mean? What does technically mean? I mean, I opened them. So you like went to the settings to I see made, if they would run? No, I made a character. I you No, absolutely them. not. You didn't I, play them. Play I got them. closest to my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'll give you that. Give you that. Then <laughs> either of you. So I, I do not accept your opinion <laughs> in this space. All right, let's take a look uh, over on social media and see what uh, some of our social media followers were saying. So Angelica on Facebook says, I want to get over my fear of raiding in Final Fantasy XIV after quitting the game entirely because the community was just awful. Uh, that's fair. That's a good I mean, goal, but fear of raiding uh, in any game, like yeah. like there's always like. So I just started playing StarCraft two again, and I, I went to go do the multiplayer, and I don't know why, but I was like, I was like, I'll just go back and play single player again. Like <laughs> I was afraid to go play multiplayer. Yeah. And, and Angelica, you need to find yourself the right group. Yeah, find a he, good group of people that you have fun with. And and here's the thing about raiding: raiding is a commitment. So yeah, maybe when you get right down to it, you have a fear of commitment. <laughs> Anthony over on Facebook says, considering I entered the new year jobless, oh, sorry, buddy, I'm taking the time to move through my backlog. My goal is one game a month like Robbie. My problem is I sink 20 to 40 hours into a game and a new one catches my attention. I suffer from that, too. It's like gaming ADD. Anthony, I don't want to be a jerk, but if you're going to the new year jobless, I can think of a better resolution than going through the backlog. Yeah. Find a job. The job thing is first. Maybe. 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 Or if you have the resources, stream when you're playing. There you go. That could be your new job. job. There you go. The Thunder Muffin over on Twitter Uh, says... Thunder Muffin. Still working on beating... Kingdom Hearts 3. You, uh, okay. A year later. This is one you can break. Yeah. Thunder Muffin. Let it go. Take it from me. You have my permission to quit 
Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Randy O'Run Facebook says, Our second kid is due March 2nd. Plan on taking full advantage of Washington State's new paternity time. Fully. <laughs> starting with the FF7 remake. All right, we're going to go back to the advice that we just gave. If you're about to have a kid, maybe use the paternity leave to help with the kid. Nah, no, this is brilliant. Bravo, Randy. See, now, you have if, if, if you're having a kid... Presumably, there is another parent there to help you with the parenting. Mm-hmm. So, no, go for it. Play all the games that you can. And let us know how the divorce proceedings go. <laughs> uh, Jeremy over on Facebook says, Reaching gold at bare minimum for season 10 in League of Legends. Ooh. That doesn't seem like that high of a of a, of a goal. I mean, gold yeah, is no, like gold's... Is middle of the road for Overwatch. I mean, most people, like your bads are stuck in silver. So that's like gold. It means you it means you broke out of hell. Basically. What what are you? What's your rank? That is neither here nor there. <laughs> I don't see how that's relevant to when, the discussion. When was the last time you were gold? Listen, so never then. It never. might be never. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, we have quite a few of uh, people trying to complete their backlogs of games, including Joshua, uh, Tara, and Billy. Uh, Good luck to you guys. Yes. It, you can say that all you want. It'll never happen. Definitely. I've got Super Nintendo games I've never finished. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go back that far. Uh, Jeff says to actually finish a new game before buying another one, my gaming ADD struggle is real. Yeah. Yikes. Have you ever bought two new games at the same time, just knowing that like one of these is like the A game and one of these is the never going to get played I game? I have some games from the PS3 era that are still in plastic. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Specifically, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag got that for Christmas and never opened I, it. I, I'll be, I'll be honest. There, I am in the midst of playing four games simultaneously right now. How's that going? For I you? hate it. Thanks. I hate it. Listen, <laughs> uh, we're going to have to leave the discussion right there. But make sure you follow us on social media so that you can make your voice heard on next week's social media question at Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And make sure you use the hashtag. XP on air and oh here's a little suggestion for you maybe share these questions with some of your favorite Facebook gaming groups thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP for more info on the show links to articles and the Checkpoint XP podcast head on over to CheckpointXP.com make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities Tennessee as well as ESPN Phoenix 620 and remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew, lead segment producing by Norris Howard, producing and booking help from Chad Callahan, cat wrangling by Weirdbeard, and of course, my co-host, Robbie Landis, and filling in for Norris Howard this week, Joe Sloan. My name's A. Bender. Keep listening.